Christmas of Less Liberty. Welcome to this Jeremy Bamber and White House Farm podcast. Today's episode was first written by Jeremy during 2010, reflecting on his wrongful imprisonment and hopes for the future. He's recently updated these episodes to reflect his more than 36 years of prison life as an innocent man. I wanted to share with you some small snapshots from my memories of Christmas time. The fun started from when we got the tree. We were never organised, as Dad just liked to wing it and stop and buy trees from the roadside. It had to be big. The lounge had such high ceilings and it was a running joke to see just how ridiculously huge a tree Dad would get. Dad loved to get that reaction from anyone visiting at the sight of a 14-foot pine tree that took up a quarter of the room. It was just amusement to Dad. And so, me too. It was just so over-the-top and great fun. It was like lots of little family rituals with Dad at Christmas. He wouldn't get a single Christmas present until Christmas Eve. Mum did all the main present buying, and she used to think about it and make really good choices. But to Dad, leaving it to the last minute was all part of the fun. He had this special Christmas carrier bag, which was about the size of a duvet cover with handles, and I could get into it easily. Well, that came out every Christmas Eve, and Dad and I would go to Colchester in the morning, and the woohoo adventure of it with a visit to Ipswich in the afternoon. Between us, we'd choose things for all those people Dad wanted to give presents to. No lists or plans, we'd just go into the shops and look at stuff we liked, and decide who else might like it and get it for them. Dad, being a country farmer, and me just a little boy, we had no idea about what was fashionable or the latest thing to have, and so we'd get caught up in the hype of promotions. We would see some guy chopping up carrots with some gadget or other and think that it would be perfect for mum. Dad's mission every year was to buy the biggest box of chocolates for sale that he could find, as that was his traditional gift for mum who loved chockies. So, by the end of the day on our shopping trip, Dad's Christmas carrier bag would be full and wrapped in the shop. Name tags often came off, but rather than unwrap them, he'd guess what it was by feeling them, and then he'd stick the tags back on for who he thought each gift was for. Mostly it was right, but it just added to the fun when someone opened a present to find a Lego kit, as Grand did one year, instead of a box of liqueur chocolates that I'd already got, and at 5.30am, when I found them in my Santa's stocking, and fed them to our dog Jasper, because they tasted horrible. I'd go shopping with Mum in Colchester from when I was little up until I was about 15. As I grew older, we would split up in town and then later we'd meet up outside Williams and Griffins at a set time and on our way back to the car we had to go past this beautiful cake shop and tea rooms. The window display was full of eclairs and all kind of cream cakes and delicious chocolatey things. It was such a temptation and at Christmas it was just magical. So mum would treat me to whatever I fancied and years later she told me about what I was like when I was little because mum wasn't just buying me a cake, it was an excuse to have one as well. She said I was always excited about choosing something but I always chose a fresh crusty bed roll and butter, no jam, just a roll and butter and a glass of milk. Looking back now and thinking of those happy times, this cake shop had its own coffee grinder and machine and it made the place smell lovely. I'm thinking about mum getting the menu and reading out all the sticky treats and cakey things. She'd say, you'd like that gem, trying to tempt me into getting something. I would always have this roll and butter, but sometimes she did tempt me into a banana split. 
Every year, Sheila and I would do a Christmas raid on the presents underneath the tree. This went on for a few years, from when I was about six and Sheila about ten. She would come and get me out of bed, and we would go downstairs in the middle of the night. Sheila would be the lookout, and, being the smallest, I would sneak into the pile of presents. I would usually plunge into the presents right in the middle, trying not to disturb the pile too much. From there, I would untape some of the presents and pull out chocolates from them and eat one or two, passing some to Sheila. It was great fun. We would spend ages giggling and thinking that no one would ever know we'd been in the middle of the presents eating the chocolates. Sheila would pull me out of the pile by my legs when I was done and we would both have chocolate all around our faces go back to bed and come down in the morning like it with bits of tinsel and pine needles in our hair. Looking back, it must have been so obvious that we'd been eating chocolates from our Christmas raid in the night, but we really thought Mum and Dad didn't notice. The best memories of Sheila and Christmas were the times we spent together decorating the tree. Sheila was very artistic and loved to put the decorations on carefully, and the tree would look simply magnificent even if we did have to put the baubles quite high because our cat Thomas would get hold of them. I just remember Christmas as such a happy time that was full of love and laughs and the family's running jokes like the oversized Christmas tree and one or two family members getting inappropriately drunk but these memories are all long ago happy memories. I miss them all, Gran and Grandad, Mum and Dad, Sheila, Daniel and Nicholas who I can never share Christmas with again. I thought the world of my sister Sheila. We can never share the laughter of those times or any memories of our childhood together now. So what of the future and perhaps others to share fun Christmases with? For me to carry on in Dad's footsteps with an overlarge Christmas tree and all our silly running jokes or will it be another 30 or 40 more Christmases in here with one slice of processed turkey and the prospect of the onset of dementia, having my canteen purchases bullied off me because I will be too old to stick up for myself and too forgetful to remember that someone has robbed me. I don't want to endure really old age in a maximum security prison with nobody to help me make my bed or dress me or help me eat and not being able to take care of myself. Living many harrowing years of shuffling about, not even knowing where I am or how I ended up in here. This will be my 37th Christmas at Her Majesty's pleasure, and being locked up for 15 and a half hours a day over most of the Christmas period is just horrible. The idea of having endured 36 already, when I've proven over and over again that I didn't murder my family and couldn't have done, is soul-destroying. My alibi has been kept hidden from the trial, two appeals, three police inquiries, countless IPCC complaints and inquiries, and a total of 23 years investigating by the CCRC, and yet no one has uncovered the evidence which we now have. The past year has shown everyone how many high-profile cases of police corruption have gone uninvestigated, how police have ignored the pleas of innocent people to help them, how police have taken payments from journalists and how public bodies frequently cover up the negligence and corruption which is virulent in the UK today and adds to the needless suffering of those who justice is supposed to protect. I could not continue to fight for justice and freedom without the support and love of the friends around me on the outside. 
everyone who writes a letter to me adds to my strength to carry on until the truth sets me free. Thank you for sharing a part of your lives with me. And I hope that I've shared a part of me that makes you know that our cause is worthwhile. When I'm home, my fight won't end because I will work towards preventing the suffering of other people wrongly convicted and also to bring better health care and support to the families of those who struggle with mental illness. More now than ever before, I feel confident that this will be my last Christmas away from my friends and loved ones. I look forward every day to going home. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Jeremy. If you want to lend your support to Jeremy Bamber, you can write to him in the UK using the number A5352AC, HM Wakefield, 5 Love Lane, Wakefield, WF29AG, or see our website for details at www.jeremy-bamber.com. Dot co dot uk